Tired of hearing the same thing over and over again? Frustrated with the social, political, and professional landscape of your community? If so, you're in the right place. We can tackle any issue or conversation if we approach life with the Reasonable Person Standard. What's the Reasonable Person Standard, you ask? A reasonable person approaches life with average care, skill, and judgment and is willing to have respectful conversations with people who hold opposing views. Are you that person? And now, Dr. Bob and Dr. T. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Dr. Bob and Dr. T. This is the Reasonable Person Standard. Thanks for joining us. Today we're having the death penalty conversation. Yeah, not the most uh, you know happy conversation on the planet, but one that that is is happens regularly uh, in in our society, in the political world, in our social world, in the the world of religion, and, and those types of things. And so we want to sort of tackle this conversation, but again, looking at it from the reasonable person standard. And you know, the death penalty, sometimes referred to as the capital punishment conversation, uh, has pros and cons. There's there's arguments for and against, and which we'll get into. A lot of data. I think there's a lot of myths surrounding this thing. So we're gonna we're gonna try to unpack a few of these things for you guys today on the reasonable person standard. So let's start with uh, Dr. T. I'm just gonna ask you. You know, when you when you hear the term death penalty, what what's the, what are the first things that sort of come to your mind? Well, I thought it was interesting that you said there's a lot of myths surrounding it. And as we did our research, I you know I found that I knew less about it than I thought I knew. You don't know what you don't know because I have so much so much distance from it because I have zero experience that um, just thinking about death penalty is sad. It's, it's devastating for someone out there. Um, and I'm thankful that it's not us at this point. Oh, that, yeah, that's really good. So, you know, immediately you mentioned like this connection to it. So do you think that people's uh, viewpoints uh, differ uh, yeah. if they've had connections to this thing or not? Well, absolutely. Um, how could you not? I mean, if, if we experienced um, the, the tragic loss of a loved one through a criminal act, you would typically think that, well, hey, that person needs to be punished, eye for an eye. Or you could think, well, forgiveness is the way to go. Um, I suffer my loss and I'll forgive the person for what they did. I mean, there's so many variables and extremes to approach this through. That's great. Yeah, I appreciate you, you mentioning that. And I would say that, you know, over the last five or 10 years, well, certainly longer than that, there's, there's just a lot of conversation about the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, it led me to believe that, you know, historically in the United States, we're executing, you know, thousands and thousands of people every right. year. Like there's like this, this huge problem with the death penalty, especially well, when it comes up like through this flow of conversation. Right. Because in the news recently, Virginia's like, oh, we banned the, the death penalty. Yay. And I'm thinking, well, it must have been a real big issue. We must have been would have these high rates of execution. But what does your data show you? The data says that uh, there are two people currently on death row in the in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Two people, so it's not like cabillions. It's it's two. <laughs> and, and I'm not minimizing you know death or execution, but we're going to have to take a look at this from the reasonable person standard. So let's start with basic data from or since 1976. Uh, I don't know if this would surprise you or not, but there have been 1,532 executions hmm. since 1976 across the entire United States. Now. I don't know how you feel about that mm-hmm. information, but I can tell you for me, that number is way lower than yeah. I thought it would be. Yeah, I think you're right. I, the way that it's been publicized and talked about, I thought we were executing 1,500 people a year per state, not 1,500 since seven, 1970, 
six, yeah. right, through across the entire country. Crazy, right? So mm-hmm. fi- I'm, again, I'm not minimizing I know, the neither. death of people, but I'm saying 1,532 people out of today's population of 330 million in the United States, to put that in perspective, that is 0. 0.0004, which mm-hmm. is, if you're doing your math right, that's four ten thousandth of a percent, right? Okay. That is, if there was ever such thing as a statistical anomaly, it would be that. So while I'm not uh, referring to uh, people being executed as a statistical anomaly, the reality is, um, the first question I'm going to ask from the reasonable person is, should we be basing uh, policies, uh, spending an insurmountable amount of mm-hmm. resources and things uh, from, from a, a local, state, and national level on statistical anomalies such as four ten thousandths of a percent of people? That's a great question because a lot of people might view the death penalty as a moral or religious a positional, you know, controversy, not really a, a legal or a, you know, a political stance. So I think recently it turns into more a political stance, which I don't know. It's, I think it's going to cause more problems than it solves. You, you could be right. You actually could be right. And, we, you know, again, we're talking about a very small mm-hmm. population that is just going to directly impact, again, minuscule. But mm-hmm. does, it doesn't mitigate the importance of the conversation. Just saying, you know, we have to be careful as a society how much resource we're going to put into creating policy that only affects uh, a a basically uh, a statistical anomaly. Right. It makes you wonder, Is was it a problem to start with? Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with that. You know, we solve the, the world's big problems. You know, <laughs> uh, anyways, this is this this is a great conversation. So another just high, high level piece of data. Uh, the race of defendants executed over that same time frame. Just just for general in- information here, 55.7 percent. Uh, were white, thirty four point one percent were black, eight point four were Hispanic, and then one point seven percent other. So in in hard numbers, what that means is, out of the defendants that were executed over the last you know since nineteen seventy six, eight hundred fifty four were white, five hundred twenty three were black, one hundred twenty nine Hispanic, and twenty six other. So that's just kind of the race picture. Right. So it's not really a surprise too that. You know, like most things in our country, from whether it's uh, faith based, whether it's politically politically based, if it's socially based, you know, the country is typically divided down the middle on this, and the data supports that too. It's about 50-50 uh, sure. in favor versus opposing. As it turns out, there's 27 states. Now, Virginia's just flipped, but 27 states that had the death penalty. So again, uh, roughly half of the country. So that's not surprising to see that. So I want to talk about or get your insights on, you know, we have the two major arguments. You have people that are for the death penalty and people that are against so in general, what are some of the arguments you've heard uh, for people who support the death penalty? Oh, my insights. Here we go. Oh, boy. You don't know what you asked for. <laughs> All right. The people that support it, oh, I can, I'm just operating on assumption here. I yeah. would say eye for an eye. Um, mm-hmm. If I look at, look at it from a victim's point of view, I would, you know, I would have to have some compassion and say, well, they have a reason for wanting the death penalty. Um, another reason could be, well, you did the crime, you know what the consequences were, mm-hmm. and there you have it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. So the eye for an eye, that's a great, uh, you know, uh, and relatively logical approach, right? If someone thinks, hey, if you did this to, to uh, this person, then you should be willing to have it done to yourself. So, and that's a logical argument. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that, that seems logical that someone could come up with that. I think there's another argument, too, uh, that it's it, it somehow deters you know, uh, uh, crime. And, and, I, and so let me just say this, that 
uh, it's possible you'd think that, right? If you say, man, if I go kill somebody, I'm going to get killed. That would be a deterrent to me. But as it turns out, I'm going to go ahead and sort of debunk that myth that that's really not the case. Really, the majority of our country believes that uh, the death penalty serves little, you know, provides little deterrent for this. And that's just that's just sort of anecdotal. But from a, from a data standpoint, a report by the National Research Council titled uh, Deterrence and the Death Penalty stated that any studies that were claiming that the death penalty has a deterrent effect on murder rates are fundamentally flawed and vehemently should not be used when making policy decisions. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Another interesting thing, so they also looked at subject matter experts in this matter. So according to a survey of the former and present presidents of the country's top academic criminological societies, 88% of these experts rejected the notion that the death penalty actually acts as a deterrent to murder. And then lastly, I'll say, then they went to, they found some of these accomplished performers, which are basically the police chiefs across the country, and a 2010 poll commissioned by the DPIC, which is the Death Penalty Information Center, found police chiefs ranked the death penalty last. So this was unanimous. Yeah. Across police chiefs across the country ranked the death penalty last among ways to reduce violent crime. So I think the data basically shows that we're debunking the myth that it deters crime, uh, or at least violent crime. So that, mm. I thought I was, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay. So we had this eye for an eye conversation. And we have the fact that it could potentially deter uh, violent crime. We know that's really not true anymore. The data doesn't support that. So what's the other side of the argument? The other side of the argument is people who are against the death penalty. What would be yep. some reasons you think or have come to the table recently why people are against the death penalty? Well, most recently, um, was it Virginia's bishops? If you're, you know, for the Catholic folks, um, Virginia bishops were celebrating the Virginia's ban, you know, because they feel every right, every life matters. So in their gu- in through their guidance, it's the message that you know, you know uh, the death penalty is immoral, mm. right? So you have that per- that perception. You have um, why else would you not? Well, maybe it costs too much. I've Cost heard that argument. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. What else is there? What do you think? Uh, maybe what happens if we get it wrong? Yeah, that's huge. There's yeah, there's been stories about that too. Absolutely, and honestly, there's data that supports that. Uh, if we look uh, historically. Since uh, 1976, that same sort of data pool, there have been 185 death row exonerations. Mm-hmm. I can tell you 30 of them came from Florida, and here, right here in Virginia, only one. Okay. But uh, so, again, you know, that means that 185 times we got it wrong. Uh, the society got it wrong. The, the, the system the got it wrong. System, yeah. yeah. Now, what I will say is that the reasonable person is also going to believe. That folks that were convicted and ultimately put on death row and executed uh, in the early 70s, 80s, and 90s, they were working off of antiquated scientific uh, research and and technology and things like that. So it's not surprising that historically, you know, 40, 50 years ago, that we had a higher level of folks that were potentially convicted to death that actually were not guilty. That's not surprising. Comparatively today, when the number is significantly lower, think about all the technology Absolutely. we have, right? So, yep. so we're, we're we're starting to get it right more of the time, even though it doesn't it doesn't change the data. So, yeah, is it is it possible we're going to get it wrong? That that is a logical argument, especially right. you know based on data. Now, let's talk about the cost. Yeah, the cost. This is very interesting. It, it really does cost more, right? It, when you, when you think about to, to to get rid of the death penalty, here, here's a couple things I wanted to throw at you. A study in California revealed that the cost of the death penalty in that state 
has been over $4 billion since 1976. Okay. Uh, and that study considered pre-trial and trial costs, cost of automatic appeals and state habeas corpus petitions, cost of federal habeas corpus appeals, and cost of incarceration on death row. I mean, you're talking about $4 billion. That's a lot of money that went into you know death row and, and executions. How about this one? Uh, enforcing the death penalty cost Florida $51 million a year above what it would cost to punish all first-degree murderers with life in prison without parole. That's that's pretty substantial. Okay. Here's another one. How about our folks in the South? The most comprehensive study in the country found that the death penalty costs North Carolina $2.1 million per execution over the cost of sentencing murderers to life in prison. That's ridiculous. Okay. And here's another one. This is crazy. In Texas, Texas kills a lot of people, by the way. In Texas, a death penalty case costs an average of $2.3 million which is about three times the cost of imprisoning someone in a single cell at the highest security level for 40 years. So the data okay. supports that argument that does it cost more money? Yeah, it, it really does. And when I mentioned, okay. you know, Texas uh, kills a lot of people, like I'm not just making a joke out of that. Since 1976, uh, state of Texas has executed 570 people. And to put that in context, uh, Connecticut has executed one in the same time period. So okay. anyway, interesting, interesting data, right? So you have these two, two arguments for and against. And I, yeah. I think it's important to look at, you know, you mentioned before, like this ex- experience factor. So, you know, can you unpack that a little bit? Meaning, so what does that mean? If you, if you've had experience or are directly connected to somebody that was mm-hmm. either on death row or you were a, a family member of a victim, how does that change your perception or your, your thought or ideology about the death penalty? Well, to me, it's common sense. And it's, like you say, the reasonable person will alter their perception based on their experiences. So like to say one of my brothers was on death row and got a, you know, got a death sentence, that's going to change my my emotions involved with it. I'm going to be like, well, the death sentence, the death penalty is wrong because mm-hmm. they're going to execute someone I care about. Or vice, or conversely, if someone hurt our, you know, killed our child, then I would probably as a mother, like want eye for an eye. I, I don't know. I'm not there. I don't want to be there. And, I, and, you know, we have the compassion for anybody who is. But I think direct involvement is going to alter people's opinions. So legislating on... On such a minutia of, you know, details, it just seems a little bit, a little bit wonky to me. Yeah, I I agree. You, for sure, you have to. The reasonable person is going to think that their experience is going to play yeah. be a major it, factor, right? It does how dictate feel. how you feel for sure. Absolutely, and you're running out of money. If if I had someone in our family that was that their life was taken senselessly uh, by someone who committed a violent crime. I would be more likely to yeah. support the death penalty. I'm not saying I would. Right. Uh, Me too. But, but I would be more likely. And then on the flip side, like you said, right? Yeah, certainly if my brother was convicted, I would be like, no, I don't want the death penalty at all. I think that's unfair. Uh, but, the, you know, again, data it can support either argument here, but it boils down to the reasonable person. What right. are your What are your feelings? What is your faith, Sally? What, is your, okay. what are your morals? What are your ethics? Things well, like I was that. talking about faith. The Virginia bishops um, in... Um, came out with a statement that says, you know, they're so happy that Virginia has banned the death penalty. But then they said, um, we remain committed to praying for our families of the victims Mm. of these horrific crimes, and we stand ready to accompany them in their journey to find healing and peace. Well, that's a great message. But in reality, is that going to be enough to heal those wounds, right? Or is the Mm. death penalty something that should be on the table, you know, on a case-by-case basis? 
yeah, you can't you, you can't legislate human nature and right. you can't legislate feelings. So again, that's the reasonable person standard. Interestingly, uh, last piece of data, you know, death row prisoners by state. You know, this is as of October 2020. Okay. Right? You mentioned that Virginia, you know, we have two, mm-hmm. and that's kind of going away. Uh, on the West Coast, our brothers and sisters out there, California has 711. On death row. On death row. Florida, Get 340. Says, that's a lot of people, right? Texas, 210. So Texas kills a lot of people, but right now they're third on the list for the number of death row prisoners. But California leads the way with 711 prisoners that are on death row. I would just ask the question, again, from yeah. the reasonable person standard, if I'm going to spend billions of dollars on... On, on studies and research and legislation and campaigning and, and organizations to combat what I feel is a, is an unjust on our society by like in, in, in the case of the death of death row or, right. or the, uh, death penalty. I'm not convinced that is, is the juice is the juice worth the squeeze here right? in Virginia <laughs> okay. got one. Wyoming's got one. I mean, I don't know what they do on Wyoming, but they got one person on death row. California 711. seems like you could make the argument that, Californians should spend more time and consideration and resources on this because it's not as a, as as a statistical anomaly as it would be in the state of yeah, Wyoming. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So I'm going to leave you with this. My 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 personal feeling is that you know, if I were to be convicted of murder and, you know, God willing, I will never murder anybody. Don't do it. Right. But but if I would and I was given the option of hey, you know, you can either have the death penalty or you can be in prison to life, or you, you can be right. you know, have life in prison. I'm not convinced I wouldn't take the death penalty. I don't want to live in prison, you know, for the next 50 years. I'd rather just almost be done with it. And speaking of that, <laughs> right? I'm going to connect the deterrent right here with what I just said. So the the type of execution that's happened since 1976, out of those 1,500 plus people, 1,300 uh, roughly were executed by lethal injection. 163 by electrocution, 11 by the gas chamber, and the next two are very intriguing. Three were executed by hanging, and three were executed by firing squad. Yikes. <clears throat> I will leave you with this. <laughs> I, I, I can almost guarantee oh, no. that if, if, if we told people, hey, at the courtroom, you get convicted of yep. first-degree murder, and it, and it warrants the death penalty, yep. and you get sentenced to death, we're going to take you out back and you're going to be executed by firing squad that day. My guess would be that the deterrent rate would be significantly different than it is. I think police chiefs will change their tune. I bet they would. <laughs> so that's the reasonable person standard on the death penalty. A lot of data to consider. Uh, at the end of the day, it really depends on how you feel about it. Where, where your, where's your moral compass? Uh, where are your ethics? Where are your values? How much do you actually put value on human life? What that looks like back and forth. But the question is, we're talking about 0.0004% of the population that is is dealing with this directly. Uh, So just be reasonable when we talk about this and always be open uh, to the other side of the coin. You have any parting remarks there, T? Yes, always show compassion and love for one another. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Never forget that. We're all humans. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on The Reasonable Person Standard. We'll talk soon. Peace out. Thank you for joining today's conversation with Dr. Bob and Dr. T. Be sure to check out what they'll tackle next at www.bobhabib.net and erasetohealing.com. Our music was performed by Kevin McLeod, and this podcast series is produced by Jam Studios. Most importantly, take care of yourself and one another, and always treat people with dignity and respect.
And remember, you can tackle any issue or conversation if you approach life with the reasonable person standard.